I know what is this. I've seen one before, many, many years ago. This is the Journey of Inception podcast. Welcome to the Journey of Inception podcast. I'm Mark Biddle, and I'm going to give you an inside look at what it really takes to start your own club night and to build your own brand. This first episode is all about me, so I'm going to give you a bit of an insight about who I am and what I'm doing. Enjoy. So who am I? I'm Mark Biddulph, I'm 30 years old, and I'm married with two beautiful young girls who no doubt will feature at some point during this podcast. So a bit about me. So I, I started DJing when I was around 13 years old. Started in the bedroom like pretty much every single DJ does. Moved out into doing weddings and parties and these sorts of of private events never quite made it into the club scene partly because of age so when you when you're a much younger dj at that at the sort of age of 16 17 it's very difficult to get into clubs so i focused on the private parties as i took on a full-time job and started my career at 16 naturally the my attention to my djing became less and less due to the time that i could commit to it at the age of 25, after the birth of my first daughter, I thought it was time to hang up the headphones. So I sold all my equipment to somebody who would make the use of it and want to pursue their career as a DJ. As time went on, again working full-time with a career, also deciding to go into part-time education at university, the thought of DJing slowly slipped away. Then, after five years, I was sat with Jenna, my wife, who will feature very shortly in the next episode of this podcast. And we were talking about what we used to do when we were younger. And at that point, it made me think about my DJing, how I enjoyed it, how it gave me a sense of pride and pleasure that I was making people happy. So this was the moment where Jenna said to me, why don't you do it again? And I thought about it and mulled this over. And at that point, I decided, yes, that's where my passion lies in doing DJing. So I went back out, I bought all the new stuff, started doing people's weddings, people's parties. Then about two months after starting up, I found a group on Facebook. There was an advert. The advert was a question and answer session with DJ Sneak. Now, some of you may not know DJ Sneak. He's a very renowned DJ in the US. And I decided to join this question and answer just to find out a little bit more. So this question and answer was hosted by a group, a specific Facebook group called the DJ Growth Lab. After watching this question and answer, it made me think about how people have worked hard and they can develop their DJing careers and the things that they're doing to do that. And being part of this DJ Growth Lab group, you could see that there was people in there that also wanted the same things. They wanted to progress their career, they wanted to be successful, but most of all, it was their passion to be DJing. After being part of this group for a few weeks, there came an opportunity. Now, this opportunity was to join an exclusive group. This was to join an exclusive group. The exclusive group is called the Get Booked Academy. Now, this isn't just for anybody. This group is for people who want to make it as a DJ. It offers 
an absolute mountain of information, knowledge and help like you couldn't imagine. So one of the first things to do as part of joining this group was to set 12-week goals. So for my first 12 weeks, I decided I wanted to play at a club night here in my local town in Wolverhampton. Now there are plenty of club nights here in Wolverhampton, very well established and very good club nights. And as the 12 weeks progressed, I was putting all the effort in to create all the essential things of a DJ, which in this day and age are different to 15 years ago. Online presence, social media, personal promotion, personal branding, all these things which I hadn't actually thought about. Networking and so many other things that to be successful now are the things that you need to be doing. So I spent the next 12 weeks working away, doing all the things I needed to do, coming up with a DJ name, which is where Beat Inception came about. I created social profiles, I created a bio, I did mixes and started building up my presence online. So after the first 12 weeks, I hadn't quite achieved my goal. I hadn't got that gig, but I wasn't disheartened because all that did was made me want to perform even more. So following the 12 weeks, it was time to set some new goals. This time only eight weeks because of the time we had coming up to Christmas, it needed to be eight. So I decided the only way I can guarantee to play in my local city is to do it myself. This was the time where I decided to take the plunge and that I would put on my own event here in Wolverhampton. I would go up against some of the established club nights already here within the city and put on my own. I'd never done this before. It was like a massive mountain to climb, a big lesson to learn, lots to think about. How do we do this? How is that done? How do you pick a venue? How do you get DJs booked? How do you promote yourself properly? All these questions going around. After sitting on my first goal setting webinar with my new mentor, Brandon Block, it became clear to me that I needed to map out my goals properly. So that's what I did visualised what I wanted to do and mapped out what I needed to do to get there. Initially, I committed I was going to put on my club night within eight weeks. After the first week or two, it became clear that this was a very big ask and a very big risk. So we changed it slightly. I wasn't going to actually put on the night within eight weeks, but I would have launched the night. Within eight weeks of that point, I would have a night launched with a date planned, with people booked, and I would start promoting and selling tickets. As part of my goal setting, one of the big things I learned about having goals is having somebody to be accountable to. So this is where I found my accountability buddy for these eight-week goals, Matt Brassington, also known as Olem. So everybody in the group was looking for their new accountability buddy, but the big thing is, is that you need to know if they're the right person. Are they going to support you? Are they going to push you? Are they going to hold you accountable? Because if they don't hold you accountable and you don't hold yourself accountable, then how are you going to achieve your goals? From the moment I started talking with Matt, it was clear he was the person. He was the person that would make this happen because he would make me do this. From this point, I watched a webinar by Danny Savage about putting on a club night. It gave me so much information, hints, tips, guidance as to what I needed to plan, what I needed to do, how I needed to go about things. Also, listening to the success of Danny, of his club nights in Leeds and throughout the north of England and then throughout the UK, it gave me 
determination, I was going to succeed as well. So first thing to do was to find a venue. Like anybody, you go on Google. Clubs, bars, venues in Wolverhampton and loads come up. So how do you pick which one's right? For me, initially, I couldn't pick. I was looking at lots of bars. I looked at clubs. How many people would they hold? Does anybody else have a night in there? And as you go through, you find some of the main bars, the main clubs, they've already got nights on. So there's no way of trying to encroach on that patch. And then one venue popped up on Facebook. A new one. I hadn't heard of it. It was new. At that point, it wasn't open. So I dropped a message across to this new venue, asked them if I could go and have a look, have a conversation, explain what I wanted to do. They welcomed me. Of course, come along, come and have a look, come and have a discussion. So straight after work one day, I headed, headed down to this venue to walk in a huge space. And in my head, it was too big. For the first time, to fill a space as big as this wasn't going to happen. But we spoke. I spoke at length with the manager, had a discussion about the plans for the venue, what they were looking to do, how they were looking to grow and develop this venue. He took me through into this smaller area. So this building is a warehouse. It's got vast amounts of space. It's got high, high ceilings. And this one section at the end, the same height, but smaller, more intimate. And this, in this room was a building site. And as the manager talked me through the layout that this room was going to be developed into, something in my head started to click. The big room wasn't for me. There was no way that that would be the one. But this small room, this intimate room, started to give me an idea. Everything has to start from somewhere. So if we start with this small room and we can fill this, we can build to the big room. This created a vision in my head. The small room would hold around 350 people, which is still quite a lot for a first event. But for me, it was a new venue. They were enthusiastic to want to work with me as a new promoter, which can always be difficult because you have no reputation for people to see. People don't know what you've done previously. So after this meeting, I left. It was really successful in my view. I was really happy with what happened. I came back to talk to my wife and I was talking her through this. I said, this is the place. You can follow Beat Inception on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Mixcloud and Soundcloud. Just search for Beat Inception. The next thing was to decide who was going to play on my event. So, as you can imagine, I was always going to play at my event. That was the whole purpose of putting this on. But I couldn't do this by myself. Firstly, nobody knows who I am. Why would people come to see somebody that they don't even know? How do they know what they're capable of? How they perform? Would they enjoy the music? So this put me down the path that I needed to find somebody to perform at my event. So one evening, I was having a conversation with my accountability buddy, Matt Brassington, as well as Loz Ball and Dave Earl. As we were sat on the, in the conversation, I was talking to them about the venue that I'd seen, how it felt right. It felt like the place where I wanted to hold my night. And from everything I was saying, the guys agreed with me. So then the conversation moved on to who was going to perform at my event. Who could I get to perform at my event that would attract people to come to see not only me play, to experience the event. Then Matt Brassington came out with the idea, I should pitch Brandon Block. My first reaction was, I just laughed at him. And for me... 
I always laugh when I'm nervous. So it obviously meant something. And as the conversation progressed, we actually decided that it wasn't actually a bad idea. Surely a person that's a mentor to you would want to help you succeed. You'd want to help you progress and achieve your goals. So on the next weekly webinar that we have with Brandon, it was my time to pitch. I was totally unprepared. And this is how it went. Um, so I've just got to start looking for some DJs now. So you set the date and the date is when, when's it going to be next year? Second, second of February next year. Right, second, yeah. second, right. 19. Okay. Second of February. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, well, look, so, yeah. Okay. So you've got to book a few DJs. Yeah. So you can I, come along if you want. Personally, I would just, <laughs> personally, I'd get an event up and just put a title up. Yeah. Did you say you wanted you were gonna you, you you felt like down because you didn't pitch Brandon Blocks eighty nine? No, no. The, the, so part of what came out of it was I'm gonna that's gonna be one of my goals is to pitch Brandon for the night. Crack on, crack on, ah, is Go go for it. Go for it. Let me just tell you quickly. Let me just check first before you ask the question. I don't want to make it un. Until Brandon night, you got to go through my agent. Whereabouts is it, by the way? Wolverhampton. You're actually there on the 8th of December. No, I'm not. 8th of December? Wolverhampton? You, you're, yeah, you're apparently. No, I'm not, mate. What's that for? Someone else? Uh, the House, apparently. Who? The House. No, that's bloody Dave Rollins again. Sorry, mate. That's. <laughs> what is putting your name out? You're not even playing. <laughs> Do you know him? My God, he puts to bed. I don't even know about that. No one's told me. I, they had one book the other week, which I did, was not even told about. It was just a random lineup of DJs in Wolverhampton. <laughs> I've got nothing on the December the 8th, that's for sure. Anyway, so I may well be available for February 2nd. <laughs> um, but I'll make sure that the people that are on my list are going to be there. <laughs> yeah, well, look, listen, I've got it. I sort of got it free ish at the moment, I think. Um, What's the date, Matt? You'll, Matt. Be, you'll, be in, you'll be in Birmingham anyway, because uh, you'll be there. Second, no, it's a different second date. of February. It's, it's, obviously, it's a different date. Is it, yeah. it just because we're playing in the same town in the same month, do you know what I mean? So it's not the same date. So yours is 2nd of December? 2nd of February. 2nd of February. It's miles away. You could see, yeah. Even if you were playing in Wolverhampton in um, December, it's well, it's plenty of time. Well, actually, this might work for us both, because what you could say is, if I, I've got to confirm it with you, mate, but... Um, what we could say is, um, well, he's been listed for the last three, three gigs here. And this one is actually turning up to because it's true. So yeah. uh, I haven't heard anything about that, mate, so don't worry about that. Anyway, but yes, listen, if that's in your goal, Matt, then you've asked the question. I've, put, I've looked in the diary. It's feasible. See what else comes up and we, we can keep that in mind, all right? Close it, close yeah. it, Matt. Close him down. Get that sorted. We're not talking about what we're going to talk about you on book. here. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow I'll do a webinar on closing strategies for closing DJs. Closing strategies. Are... As you can see, it wasn't the best pitch in the world. There was quite a bit missing. But in principle, he agreed. And this to me was, excuse the pun, music to my ears. An absolute legend of a DJ was considering performing at my night which meant that I would be performing next to Brandon Block. This, for many people, is a dream, but for me, it was about to become a reality. The following days, there was some communication between myself and Brandon to check that he was available, to check that it could fit with his schedule, and of course, to agree a fee. But how much do I offer? I've never booked a DJ of this caliber, 
So how do I know what it's expecting me to offer? So that's where the Get Books Academy came in again. I sent a private message to a couple of the guys, Danny Savage and Andrew Gibson. And my question was simply, what do I offer Brandon? I'm not going to go into the details of the conversation, but they led me down the right path. So I put a proposal to him and he accepted. It was agreed. Brandon Block was coming to Wolverhampton on the 2nd of February to perform at my night. But there was still room for more people. Me and Brandon alone couldn't make this the event that I wanted it to be. One thing I've learned about being part of the groups that I'm in is that giving back is such a big thing. Sometimes you need to take a moment to give something back. To me, there was three people that had pushed me along, kept me going and helped me start to create my goal. And that was the three guys I mentioned before, Loz, Dave and Matt. So what better way to repay the favour than to ask these guys to be part of my event and join me to play alongside Brandon Block on that night. So I put this proposal to the guys and you'll find out a bit more later on in future episodes as to how they felt because we'll ask them, but it didn't take long for them to respond and say yes. So that created my lineup. Four DJs, Brandon Block, me, Beat Inception, Loz and Dave, also known as Groove Mode, and Matt Brassington, Olem. Now I knew who and where and when my event was going to take place, it was now time to put everything together to start promoting it. So I locked myself away and spent many an evening working away. Firstly, where do I sell my ticket? There's so many places to choose from. Resident Advisor, Ticketmaster, Skiddle, Ventbrite, and so many others out there on the internet. So accessible, but which one to pick? So I reverted back to the Get Booked Academy again. I asked their people's opinion there. I said, for those guys that do event, where do you sell your tickets? Skiddle came out on top. So after some research with all the different websites, looking at all the other recommendations that I've been given that I hadn't even thought of, I decided to go with Skiddle. For me, it was easy, it was simple, it was clear, and that's what I was after. Something where I could create my event, I can sell my tickets, and easily administer it all. I spent several nights, hours, putting everything together. I created the artwork, I set the event up on Skiddle to sell the tickets, I set all the tickets up, and I set myself a goal at the start of the week that the next time I spoke to Brandon on our weekly webinar, I would be able to tell him I had launched my event. So everything was set up, it was ready to go. I sent a message to the venue. I said, the event's going to go live. Please promote it and let's get everything nailed down. They wanted some deposits, that's fine. I can sort it out. So I let everybody know it was going live. So then on a Sunday morning, I decided the time was now. I released my event, I posted on all the social sites, massively promoted it to everybody. Big announcement, I'd built it up, I'd let everybody know that the, the announcement was coming. And so we went live. A bit earlier than anticipated. We were planning to go live at 12, but we couldn't contain the excitement of actually getting to this major milestone. So by 10 o'clock, me and my wife were in the car on our way out as a family for a nice day out. Everything was set to go at 12. We pulled it all forward. We just couldn't wait. So by 10 o'clock, maybe 10.30, Everything was live. People were starting to engage with the event. The posts were out. It was getting likes. It was drawing attention. People were commenting. It was great. The feeling, phenomenal. It was actually going to happen. The event was going to take place. So then, as it's always important, the rest of the day was dedicated to 
and spending with my family. It's always a balance as a DJ, doing unsociable hours, late nights, traveling. It can take its toll. So you always have to make sure that you find the time for yourself and especially the people around you. So this day was the day for us. We put all the hard work in, we put in all the effort, and now it was time to take it easy. So within a couple of hours, I had a message. It was the venue. The message simply said, Hi Mark, we are not ready for this to be public at this time. We need to approve the artwork before it goes live. Can you please take it down? I'd just been told by the venue that I was holding my event at to take down all my promotional. My immediate reaction was, I've got tickets on sale. I can't just remove it now. Everybody will have seen everything that we've done. People were engaging, people were sharing, people were liking. So after a back and forth with the venue, now you will notice I've never mentioned the name because for me, it's important. Lessons have been learned and I will come on to those, but naming and shaming never does anybody any favors. The feeling at that moment, everything seemed to fall apart. I went from the highest high to the lowest low. In a matter of hours, everything that I thought was set came crashing down. I felt sick to my stomach. This wasn't gonna be a quick thing to sort. I tried to do everything to fulfill the needs of the venue at that point from what I could do off my phone, but nothing was going to work. They weren't having any of it. I refused to remove my event offline. I just removed the venue. It just said TBC. Because the amount of support and interaction I'd had just from those small couple of hours had had a massive impact on me. I wasn't about to look like it was all made up. So as I promised to the venue, I removed them from everything, but I still had my lineup. And that was a big thing for me. I still had these people that wanted to play for me. So after a few days, I exchanged some emails with the venue and all of a sudden, what had gone from being a fair split became all one-sided. I would have had to have made one of the biggest financial commitments outside of buying a house, of course, I had ever made. And I couldn't afford to do that. So for me, I wasn't about to make the commitment. So this left me in an awkward place. I've launched my event, but I haven't got a venue. But there were some big learning points from it. When I look back and reflect and look at what happened and look at what I did, there was a few things I'd missed, a few key points. I hadn't actually got it in writing prior to this point as to what the agreement was about costs. There was no contract. There was no agreement apart from somebody's word. And as we know a lot, you can't necessarily take somebody's word for it. Fortunately, I wasn't that far down the path of launching when this came about. So then my attentions had to change. But for the week following this news, it was a difficult time. It was a time where I questioned what I was doing. Should I carry on? Should I just give it all up? And I think if it wasn't for the Get Booked Academy, for the people within it, and for my accountability buddies, I wouldn't have got through it. I would have given it all up, chucked in the towel, pressed delete and walked away. But the support they gave me, the motivation and the advice was fantastic. About three days after, I did what they call a priming technique, which was recommended to me by a couple of people. And this basically reset my mind as to what I was going to achieve. It washed away all the negative thoughts and it made me focus on what would be, what will be. So after this, I started to take action again. I was back on the hunt for a venue. I need to find somewhere, but it needs to be the right place. And there was a couple of things that I'd learned along the way. Location, 
Looking back, the location of the first venue wasn't quite where I wanted it. Maybe I jumped in too early, but maybe all this happened for a reason. But the one thing I got in my favor at this point was I'd got a liner. It wasn't just me trying to pitch somebody to say that I wanted to play at their venue. It was me saying that me and Brandon Block and Groove Mode and Olem all wanted to come and play at their venue and create an amazing night. So I started making contact with a few clubs in the city and came across another one. I explained what I wanted to do and asked them if it was possible to come down and meet them. They were open, they were willing and they obliged. So I actually went down on a Saturday afternoon. I took the family, we all went. It was a family gathering, me, the wife and the kids. We were actually on our way out to do something together and we took a diversion to this club. And as I walked into the venue and looked around, in my gut, something felt right. It was smaller, okay, it was more intimate. As I stood there, I started to visualize the night. I started to visualize standing in the booth. I started to visualize my guests enjoying themselves in the VIP area and the people just walking into this room and being immersed in the music that was being presented to them. So knowing what had happened in the past with the previous venue, I was very wary. Dotting I's and crossing T's, I think I did them all. I asked every question I could think of. Everything that was wrong before, I made sure I got the right answer. And as it stands at the moment of recording this, I've had several communications with the same venue. And to say at the moment things are going positive is an understatement. There's just a few more I's to dot and T's to cross, and I think we'll be there. I think I've found my venue, but it's not over the line yet. There's still a couple of questions that just need to be ironed out, but once they're done, I think we'll be ready. And at that point, I will be ready to really launch this night. So coming up on my next episode, I'll be talking to my wife. I'll be getting her perspective of how she feels about what I've been doing, where I've came from, where I started out, and what I've gone through over the past six months. I'm gonna see what she thinks from her side of the story, because for her, she's part of this team. The team that presents this event, she's part of it. And personally, I believe she wants to make as much success of it as I do. So tune in next time and find out. Do you want to see Brandon Block, Beat In Section, Groove Code and Olem bringing party to Society Bar and Club in Wolverhampton on Saturday the 2nd of February? Get your tickets now. Just go to www.skiddle.com and search for Inception. See you there.